on today's episode of Patch Notes by Gaming Access Weekly, it's Gamescom time! Also, the next chapter of Destiny 2 is officially revealed, and could people be crazy enough to make a Days Gone movie without Sam Witwer? Also, there's no need for bricks. We finally, finally have our first glimpse at HBO's The Last of Us series, and it looks pretty damn great. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 2 of Patch Notes. Like I said in the little introduction, it is a big freaking week. But first of all, we're gonna go around the table, reintroduce ourselves, and uh, I want to see how the heck everybody is doing this week. We'll start alphabetically with Chulak. Hi everybody, it's me again, Chulak. Uh, this week was very exciting, especially with the new Destiny news, but more of that later. Yee. Hi, and I guess it's my turn now. You know, technically, uh, I come first in the alphabet because I go by Anthro Metal everywhere. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, hi, it's me, it's Nick, Anthro Metal. Uh, what's up? Uh, it's been a week. Yeah, been a pretty busy day, hasn't it? Well, I mean, okay, so my name's Amanda, so technically I should have introduced myself first, I guess. But Yeah, but you didn't. I'm Amanda, finishing it out here. Uh, it has been an uber-crazy week. I love days like today. Between the Destiny announcement and opening night live, I thrive on games like this. Or right. days like this, um, not games like this. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was just going to ask because, uh, you know, it's been the weekend since we all hung out and everything. Uh, what'd y'all do? Anything cool? We had a fun little street fair here in the town where I live. I live in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Yay. But uh, <laughs> you know what? It was there was some great food. And yeah. I, you know, I kind of miss that uh, from like this. Uh, I don't know how big Grand Forks is. I know North Dakota is probably not exactly huge, but like I grew up in a fairly small town in Texas and the local like carnival slash like festivals that we would have. Those are always like the killer reason to be there, <laughs> you know, where you get to just dine on fried food and ride way too dangerous rides. Yeah, there's there's about 60,000 people. We're not the biggest city in North oh, Dakota. Yeah, yeah. That's Fargo. But the food scene around here is actually pretty popping for a town of this size. So, I mean, we had everything. There was Mediterranean. Uh, there was a guy smoking chicken. Um, several you, you, barbecues. Mini donuts. I mean, <laughs> like I said, it's pretty popping around here, the food scene. Nice. That was uh, one of those festivals, the uh, before I w became vegetarian, like, uh, uh, you know, I was kind of ravenous with stuff. And uh, that's where I had uh, chicken fried bacon. Oh, and my God. Tell you, amazing. Um, it's, yes, it's simultaneously amazing. And you can just feel like how much just it like it's like, well, that artery is gone. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I didn't do too much this weekend. Honestly, I think um, I finished off of a. My second character playthrough of Elden Ring yesterday, leading up to it. So 
I got one more to do, and then I'll have all the achievements in that game. And that it's just God. It's it, the second playthrough took me fifty hours. Like, you gotta do it three times. So ridiculous. For there's like six different endings in that game. Oh my god. Um, achievements. There's only three that are tied to achievements. So um, that's what I'm gonna do. I'll end up probably you know going back later on just as I'm t- noodling around doing stuff and uh, to get the other endings. But yeah, it's. It's absurd. The quests to get there are absurd, and it still is, yeah. Tell me that at least you have some progress you can take over, like, some weapons and stuff from the previous playthrough. Well, see, I don't do that um, with this one, um, uh, because here's the particular thing when it comes to me and Souls games. uh, Usually it's fine if I go, like, New Game Plus, New Game Plus Plus, whatever, but I have such extreme FOMO when it comes to missing something on in Elder Ring, especially because it's still, you know, same release year, and they've notoriously, especially with Elder Ring, have added stuff afterwards, like, they added a whole, like, completion to a couple quests, like, a month after release, that added other items to the game that were supposed to be in there, so if I had done something and I have missed that through my first playthrough, I would not be a happy camper. So my main playthrough is going to stay at the like 200 hours that it is and stick there until I know that I have absolutely everything in that game. Nice. That's crazy. I, I yeah, I'm I I'm a little OCD freak when it comes to this sort of stuff, so yeah. <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West launched their new game plus god was it 2 months ago now? I've hardly had any time to play it and I'm sad, but I am so excited to go through again and get the rest of all of the baller weapons that you can find and buy and scavenge and all that good stuff. I still have the first one in my backlog. Same. Ah. Well, I just came into a PS4 that I kind of looked into. So, yeah, it's, uh, all of those are in my backlog. All right. Well, as long as you know it's in the backlog, you're just not refusing to play it, but it's in the backlog. No, I'll no, forgive I, you. I, I, I have it. I'm gonna play it eventually. I just need to finish a few hundred games before it. Just like uh, I need to, I need to finish this. <laughs> I have the the tall neck, the Lego tall neck, and I need to finish that. It's just oh, sitting nice. here, sad, on my desk, just the base, a little mini Lego watcher and Aloy. <laughs> Nice. <sighs> Alas, oh. why why are there not thirty seven hours in a day? I know, right? Jeez, no, it's that could we, help. There's, not, there's never never enough time. I just remembered. I started playing MechWarrior Five over the weekend out of well, nowhere. Like, I, man, I played I played a MechWarrior Four a lot back in the day on my PC, like on my family's PC. Um, and then I was like, you know, I'm playing MechWarrior. It is difficult to control a mech. I forgot that, like. It's weird, but now I kind of want to get like a whole like Mech Warrior setup and stuff. And I need to not do that because I really can't afford it, but I really want one now. There needs to be more mechs and everything. I was going to say that came out of nowhere. <laughs> well, we were talking about, yeah, well, it was uh, talking about the weekend and then we we're talking about, you know, robot dinosaurs. I was like, Ooh, giant robots, mechs. I forgot a mechs. I, I have to mention mechs at least one. Like if you got a bingo card, just make sure that it says anthro mentions mechs on it. And that's like a free space. So, <laughs> so gaming aside, can we mention Zoids? Just anybody? Oh. <laughs> Zoids? <laughs> for, anybody? For like 15 years ago. Hey, it's a classic. It is a classic. 
Y'all making me feel old over here. Hey, you know, I posted a TikTok over the weekend too that um was me discovering a, a blockbuster like rap behind uh one of the labels to my one of my games. Um and yeah, apparently people really dig on nostalgia because that one is like my most popular one yet. Follow follow Anthro Metal on TikTok for more Ooh, cool pieces like that. But think about it. Back in the day, some pizza, blockbuster few sodas that that, that was perfect. a weekend vibe perfect and you like the you could get it all like in the same shop like there was always like a little seated or pizza hut or whatever in the same place that you would get the the blockbuster and it was just like a one-stop shop you get that you didn't even have to know what you were going to play when you walked into a blockbuster you just walk down the game aisle and that's how i discovered assassin's creed hell yeah nice oh all right, so it sounds like everybody had a pretty good time. We, we are going to get right into the news after this next little musical jingle. I hope you're ready. We've got, there's a bunch of great news this week. Of course, we will be talking all about the opening night live goodness in our third segment. But... Some big stuff happened this week. First of all, we're going to kick it off with talking about the Destiny 2 Lightfall reveal. Yes. Uh, Chulak, Chulak over here is very excited about it, I know. And for me personally, as someone who hasn't played in a bit, let me tell you, that Strand subclass might bring this Warlock back to play in February, let me tell you. It's a Strand game! You did it again, genius Conjumbus. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, there's these, like, green things that came out, and, like, one of yeah. them, like, fashioned it into, like, a rope, and I can't oh, even there's... describe what the Warlocks did, because it was so awesome. It was and electric warlocks balls. Warlocks are awesome, FYI. It's electric like... balls. That, that's how they explain it. Like, lightning bolts, but but for, for Warlocks, but green ones. Nice. Yeah, the, whenever... Uh... Whenever I did play, I was always like I called it Palpatine hands, but it was the Stormcaller. Yes, yeah. yes. I always say um, fear the power of the dark side when I'm trying to kill people with storm uh, storm um, attack. See, like, I, um, I was uh, I liked playing the Void class a lot too. Uh, I also played Warlock, and but I was just always the yeah! when you shoot that giant ball of energy out. Uh, that was always a uh, you know a fun thing but yeah i am a very much a lapsed destiny player and watching this today and kind of going over the press release and everything it you know what uh i i downloaded it again but man i don't know um i don't know where i'm going to land on it until i get i have to go through some stuff because i got i still have some hang-ups let's just say you still got time so the showcase for 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 bungie that they did it was amazing from start to beginning because they they didn't just touch about the lightfall. They all also touched regarding this season, which is the the pirate one, the 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 season of plunder. So it's amazing just to to have space pirates. They the the ships now they have like little um what what are they called um, the sails. 
and you get and you get like and, and they're and they're using swords or you're attacking other people arc point uh arc 3.0 came out came up which is the upgrade the final upgrade for the for the supers which was the arc and um a lot of fun stuff with the fun stuff with the with the new season right now between here and lightfall and the strand thing so how they explained it was that it it was the the thing that connected all life, all living things, and each one has their own way of handling. That the thing is the the new the new city in in Neptune. Um, they show a clip of that cyberpunk type of uh, city, which it was hidden from everybody else, and how they swing. It just reminded me like cyberpunk meets Destiny meets Spider Man. How they swing from side to side, and and it looked pretty good. I will have to say, I did enjoy the look of Neptune, that kind of cyberpunkish yeah. look that you mentioned. I mean, nothing gets me more into a game than you know, like a good synthwave soundtrack. And let me tell you, that had it. It did. Yeah, it did. Same. I am a uh, I'm a sucker for everything cyberpunk. Make despite not having played the game cyberpunk yet but just the aesthetic of that deep like the that neon drenched uh synth wave i love it and did you guys notice the 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 new heroes that basically their own version of, of heroes i forgot their name but apparently the story behind them they're not like like the guardians where they can just revive as many times as they want they're just like regular people that volunteer to defend the city and apparently, one of the things they do is they, they deduct like a decade of their lives um, to be trained and and just to become come those those heroes from from Neptune. And what happened is that it it's not it's not like the tower. There's a bunch of them. It it's a smaller number. Right. Oh, so it's like so they're what is it ghostless or whatever? I I I only I man I'm going back a ways to recall my destiny lore, but it's like that's a because that's like the revive mechanic or uh, like lore wise, right? Like ghosts to revive the guardians. But uh, no, they're not actually guardians because if they die, they die. Well, it's like guardians in general. Like what when we play as guardians, that's why we can get revived all the time. It's because of our ghosts. Yes, from the light that comes with with the ghosts, they 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 um go ahead and revive us. And that's why Kate died. Was that what's his face shot his ghost first? Yeah. Spoilers. It still hurts. Four, four year old fight for. I was still working at GameStop at the time, man. Oh, hey, you know I, what? I'm never gonna get over that. Our TV I, glitched one day, and I had to hear that stupid Forsaken trailer with Johnny Cash like <laughs> 76 times in an eight-hour shift. Oh. <laughs> the the weird thing was, uh, I was at that E3, but they didn't show that trailer, and uh, the so like we came out of I don't remember what it like where what I was uh, doing or whatever, but we came out and everyone on the floor was talking about it, and we we're like. What's going on? Like, what are you talking about? And there was like a little shrine set up outside the 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 center and everything. I was like, this what what is happening? I I even did um a collection of of uh, Destiny clips from Destiny One and Destiny Two as a tribute to to Cade. With the with the end, it had it 
day that it, he appeared in the game until his passing, where we sadly lost him. I refused to play Forspoken, or not Forspoken, Forsaken, until like two years later. I was like, nope, not touching so, this. <laughs> so, I mean, I uh, I honestly didn't have that much like a stock in it, so it didn't necessarily uh, shake me as much. Like, I'm not saying that that's a, a like that's just how it affected me. It didn't really affect me, but. Then again, I play my main warlock, so that's you know. But um, but it's Cade, man. Talking about Cade. the talking about the um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Funny robot boy, shut up. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, no, the so on uh, he never did get his chicken. No, um, for the the expansions, because one of the points that I wanted to point, uh, bring up um, on the press release was they said no more sunsetting expansions, which was one of my big bugaboos about how Destiny has treated its content over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember not even being able to play the Red War, which was like core Destiny 2 when it first came out, and there were full-on planets gone. Now, the, does anybody know through reading this, like, did it seem like they're bringing everything back? I would guess that they would bring slowly but surely because for my understanding is that they they had to sunset uh for players to to have the the ability to play but they're switching technology so basically they're upgrading so they'll be able to have more in the table. Yeah, I know I also, that they're oh, Sorry, Amanda, go ahead. Well, I also thought part of the reason behind sunsetting was to help control um the install sizes. And I'm thinking maybe I just hallucinated that somewhere. No, it I might do be remember part of them it. saying some things about that, but I mean, we look at similar games in this space, and I know that Bungie has had issues with the Destiny engine. Like it's really not as a uh, like what's it called? Like conducive to reducing file size, like uh, compression, because like you look at you know say Final Fantasy fourteen which has still every expansion available to it under the sun. You just have to buy the expansion and you still have everything open to you. And that one, I don't even, I don't know how big the file size is, but I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't think it's as big. Um, I know destiny being um, a shooter kind of lends it to being a little bit more. I don't know if it's a, like the fidelity and quality of the, the textures is higher, but um or you compare it to something like Warframe, which also compresses everything and still has all of its uh, the content that's in there. Um, Destiny just, is a chunky it, boy. It, that's that's the yeah. Thing. Destiny is uh, yeah. It is a very chunky boy. I actually just redownloaded it, and the download, at least on Xbox, was 112 gigs. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's it's and, over 100 on a Series yeah, X. Um, it just that was always one of the things that kind of bothered me was that I couldn't play the game that I had paid for. And then the, there was even a point where like, if you bought forsaken, you couldn't play forsaken because it wasn't available to you. Wait, and what? yeah. Uh, when destiny two started um, vaulting planets, oh, okay, and vaulting okay. content, if you bought like there, there, it was even a time where somebody could buy like whatever the special edition was. And it was like, two weeks before they started vaulting that content. So like they could have bought it, not played it, go to play it and not be able to. Yeah. Um, Hopefully they'll, they'll don't bring think... it back. Like they're doing with the rates um, slowly, but that's surely. I, yeah, that's, 
that's what I've really kind of stayed away from and hope for. And I know that also all of the gear stuff has gone so many drastic changes over the years that I basically have to go to my vault and delete everything and start over. I mean, oh yeah, that's gonna be fun. We ha we have to see. <laughs> I, I want to see what happens with the with the because the the I haven't gone in, and and I really want to see what's gonna happen with the uh, kings uh, kings fall the raid the new raid, um because if if they go ahead and just do like they did the vault of glass which is just like a strike, just uh, just go in into the raid, I would have loved to see them opening up the dreadnought again. And for us to re-explore, do the quest for the exotic swords, um, all that fun stuff, like just bring back the feel of Destiny One because Destiny One was amazing. Yeah, they had so many cool locations. I think that's really my, you know, that's the key to it. Is that I, I hate seeing. And I, you know, I've talked about my FOMO that I've had with like Elden Ring, you know, earlier. But it's the same thing. Like I'm. I remember, like, you know, the European uh, zone or whatever it was, like, from Destiny 1, like, having all of that memorized in that entire space, like, or all of, uh, you know, the moon memorized and all of uh, Mars and everything, like, it'd be so cool to see them bring, I know that they uh, brought some of that stuff back and brought it up, but... Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I mean, I'm still gonna give it a chance. I'm gonna go back into it and see if they can't bring this guardian back. So maybe they will. Um, I had one. I had a question. Oh, here's a question for all of us. Do you think they ever drop the two from Destiny Two? They drop what? Honest. I think eventually they will, especially with saying at the end there, they're like Destiny Two is not going anywhere. I feel like it's going to get rebranded one of these years to just straight up Destiny again. Mm, well, maybe, maybe after this, because this is supposed to be the last uh, finale for the for for the Light and Darkness chapter. Um, they can either. Yeah, but I mean, then they're just going to start a new chapter. <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is that that it it could be like like if the question was. Will they rebrand it or, or just move it at Destiny 3 or just back to just Destiny? We, we'll have to see until how they treat Lightfall itself because what, what's next? We defeat the, the right. big bad. This this is going to be like culmination of how many years we, we've been doing Destiny since 2014? Uh, First Destiny was 2014, then Destiny 2 was what, 2016, right? And everything yeah. and everything from there is supposed to be, this is the climactic ending. So what would be, it's like the Infinity, Infinity War of the MCU. What's next after, after Thanos? What can be done after Endgame? Right. Yeah, we're definitely in the, like that phase three. And, and especially, this is also the culmination of everything um from like when since they went to seasonal and started that whole uh like for the first what three was it the first like these last three expansions it was it all started with uh belief at the end of forsaken or around forsaken yeah that's right yeah for uh because it was a shadow keep yep. forsaken beyond light and the witch queen right there you go <laughs> looking at the collector's edition edition boxes that i have over here you know, I have a collector's edition for the Taken King and for Destiny 2, and I'm just staring at it and being like, man. 
Dinklebot from the first game. And that I, sweet, I sweet wish. egg. I I didn't get the collectors for the first Destiny, you know, for like when it first came out. I just for taking Keen. And I, I regret that because I wanted that ghost. You know what? You and me both. Uh, I, I, I started with the Taken King. There were some perks to working at GameStop. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I also but yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm excited to try it. So as soon as we're done here, I'm going to fire it up and see what uh, what's going to happen and see if I don't get uh, overwhelmed. Yeah, uh, it's also interesting to see that the the well the leak was confirmed that uh, Zavala, Akora, and the Stranger were all headed to Fortnite. I'm not a Fortnite player, but holy crap, the amount of big properties that have crossed over to Fortnite. It's stupid now. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's Ready Player One. It is everything that we've ever uh, like. When you're a kid, you imagining what video games could be. That's what Fortnite is. Like you can have literally Goku fighting Superman. Um, Finally. Meanwhile, Spider Man, uh, you know, is shooting Harley Quinn with an AK, and um, there's a, a Guardian from Destiny, you know hitting master chief with a pickaxe while kratos uh surfs around on a freaking nimbus cloud like what is this game even a new map in fortnite that is uh fashioned after the javelin 4 map from destiny 2 in the crucible that's cool. i mean it. yeah <laughs> that's very exciting i, I did i know I think... they did blood gulch for oh yeah for halo red versus blue that crossover <laughs> Why are we here? But it's like one of these one of these days I'm gonna have to download what? Fortnite. It, it it takes a minute because every time I every time I try to to play on Fortnite, there's an update because they update constantly and that update always takes so long. Yep. Yep. And um, also what I do play is Fall Guys. And they and also starting have... on September 17th. There's going to be Titan Hunter and Warlock theme outfits and a spicy ramen celebration. Yes. Did you see the ghosts that are coming also for for yes. the Fall Guys? Little the little ghost. But uh, I feel like I have to get the spicy ramen celebration because mm -hmm. I mean to go with my spicy ramen bungee store T-shirt. Nice. I think Epic's gonna get a lot of money right now. Uh, I also saw in that um, that press release that those skins that the Fortnite players have those skins those uh are coming to like i guess the armor bundles are coming to uh destiny 2 so it can match exactly like it's a one-to-one -one. that's awesome as someone who when she played destiny spent far too much money at the eververse <laughs> station a lot of silver know, give me some of that i come from I... a time before the eververse existed all you could do was run the same mission over and over and hope to get the shader. And pray, pray for. I killed Crota so many times. I'm still salty with the RNG from Destiny One, at least in my case, because I've always wanted the the Fate Bringer, because it's a gorgeous primary arc with Fire, um, Firefly back in the day. And the thing is that I kept grinding and grinding that Volta class, grinding, and I got it. Finally, about two weeks prior to to the Taken King, 
and he got nerfed. Let me tell you the story about Anthro Metal and the Vex Mythic class that does not exist. I don't think it exists. I think everybody's lying. I think it's all photoshops. It doesn't. Ha nobody has that gun. I agree. No, there's not, nobody no, 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 has it. No liar. Nobody you, has it. If you follow Liana Rupert on Twitter, um, she is a Destiny Two CM. She had a whole thing about her struggling to get that, but it is yep. possible. Nope, lies. It doesn't exist until we get it. Is a lie. Exactly. Uh -huh. Just like buying the Gallarhorn from the from uh, Zur when he showed up in the second week of him being available. The second week he was selling the Gallarhorn. That it was I, insane. And then he didn't sell it again for like a year. That that was, that was the memes that came out of that. It was just hilarious. It, I remember the oh, backlash for that. People that were <laughs> Oh man. Can we take a moment to remember the icebreaker? Thank you. May you rest in peace. Listen, it can come back, I believe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, anyways. On that, on that note of mourning, um, we are gonna step into our next news item, which comes to us from Deadline. It was a deadline exclusive. So it looks like Sony has moved from, since Uncharted was such a big success in the movie theater, they are hoping to replicate that with Days Gone. But, uh, well, actually, I'll start with a different bullet point first. So it looks like Oscar winner Sheldon Turner is going to be writing the script. He won an Oscar for Up in the Air with George Clooney and Anna Kendrick. And he also wrote First Men, or X-Men First Class. And then I read he is actually going to be writing the Splinter Cell live-action film, too. But instead of our favorite actor, Sam Witwer, our favorite video game actor, Sam Witwer, who was Deacon's facial uh, capture as well as voice actor, it doesn't look like he'll be starring in this, unfortunately. Uh, looks like Sam Hewen from Outlander is being eyed for Deacon. I've never watched Outlander, and I had to YouTube how to pronounce his last name. But it's kind of interesting the take they're bringing to it. Uh, writer Sheldon Turner says it's going to be a love ballad to motorcycles, and he is taking an approach of equating it to a Western, you know, with Deacon being the cowboy and his motorcycle being the horse. So. Okay, I can see it. I mean, I... Ultimately, didn't play Days Gone, but did, of course, consume a lot of content uh, around it. Is does a movie is a movie the best like tr uh, what's it called adaptation for this? I'm always under the impression that games do way better as shows, anyways. But maybe that's just me. Well, I um, I agree because sometimes in a movie you get you you get to compress so much the lore story or or whatever and sometimes when you do like a four to six episode uh series even if it's a short series you you can actually be either more faithful to the source material or actually add some quality to the to the whole story i feel like oh, go sorry. ahead sorry. i feel like a movie format worked for uncharted that's 
just because like that's where Amy Henning took a lot of her inspiration was from right. movies like Indiana Jones and you had these big bombastic set pieces. So I feel like that worked for Uncharted and that worked for Tomb Raider. But yeah, I feel like Days Gone would have worked better as kind of like a 12 episode, you know, HBO Max sort of mini series to it. Just because there's yeah. a lot of world building that happens throughout the game. And yeah, and it it's also the whole survivability uh, survivability aspect where you're having to go search, you're having to go scavenge, you have to find fuel at times. And like to 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 play a counterpoint to like longer episodes or two episodic series, um, you know, we could have the inverse where the series ultimately does nothing, like doesn't add anything or doesn't it just like maybe one cool set piece or something. I, I'm kind of alluding to the Obi-Wan series that came out fairly recently, which wasn't bad by any measure, but it was ultimately unnecessary. And uh, like, I would feel if you did too much that maybe that would be, that's, that's kind of where they want to stay away from with like a two and a half hour movie or two hour movie. But I worry that they would compress the story too much and you would lose that sense of, you know, like you said, world building. Days gone. He's trying to find his. I played it, but I can't. Fiance, or did they get married? I can't remember. But he's trying Isn't to find his lady married? friend. Um, and I feel like shoving that whole quest in a two-hour movie kind of cheapens it a little bit, as opposed to something that you can see, like him going through the hardship and the struggles for in a longer series. Right. And I, I think it could, I mean, it could work. You know, the director certainly has the, the chops for it. Um, I just don't know how, I, you know, I'm going to have to wait wait and see. <laughs> uh, you know, as mo with most things, take a wait and see approach because I'm, uh, I'm not tepid, but I'm very cautious when it comes to these kind of adaptations, especially for a longer, you know, I mean, Days Gone was ultimately pretty long anyway, so, like, this could even, you know, I don't know. No, I, I get you. I get you because we've had so many examples where it just didn't go the way. I mean, I I personally love movies, stories, um, um, series, and, and, and video games. And I'm not saying it has to be perfectly aligned with the game. It doesn't have to be a one-by-one -one adaptation. But I don't want it to be a Resident Evil series. Uh, the 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 what happened with the Resident Evil movies uh, with uh, Mila Jokovic. It started okay, and it went off the rails after movie two. Just oh, you, drove me you crazy. Mean, you mean yeah? So you, let's take a um, a franchise that has so many established characters and setting and lore and everything. And you know, fuck that all. Let's put a brand new character in it. What do you mean she's the wife of the director? It doesn't mean anything. Hey, guess what? Here she is naked. Here she is naked again. Maybe I just want to make movies to put my wife in naked. Listen, I have... Okay. Um, oh, and those <laughs> characters that we all have developed? Yeah, them? Sidelined. Who cares? Leon Kennedy? Barely mentioned. One, one thing. Like, shows up once. Cool. That's it. Bye. Guess who's the main character now? Alice. Who's Alice? Who is she? Again... It, it it could have been a lot better, 
but they just did not treat the source material correctly. They could have used Alice as the main character, but I feel that the characters from the game, if you're going to use them, use them right. Don't don't be like, oh, this character I'm going to use in this movie, forget about her or, or him in the next movie. Maybe it'll pop out in the other movie. Um, the zombies, why, why is this zombie different in one movie and the other? And because the game, they, they feed you all that information across, um, across the series. And you understand why this zombie has this mouth bigger than the other. And, and I'm sorry, that series, I love Resident Evil games. I love the games. And, and that series, I watched all the movies and it just, it hurts. So what I'm hearing you say is you want to have a clone army of Alice's. And you want Wesker to be some edgelord um, man with, oh my God. Oh no, it just hurts. It, it hurts the movies they heard. It, it's so bad. Uh, anyways, hey, what's that monster who in a movie like? I'm be, oh no. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna roll this into our next news point because it's talking about another video game adaptation. So before Sunday's premiere of House of the Dragon on HBO Max, they released a sizzle reel, you could call it, with what's upcoming in the network over the next year or so. And we finally got our first glimpse of Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey in action as Joel and Ellie in HBO's The Last of Us adaptation. I personally loved it. It looked great. Pedro Pascal sounded great. Bella Ramsey sounded great. Anymore. And I'll I'll admit it. I squealed when Nick Offerman took off, like when the guy took off his mask and it was Nick Offerman as Bill. And I was like, this can't be more perfect right now. Yeah. Um, I've never played The Last of Us. I played the first one. But 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 it's on the list. I'm going to. Um, that said, all of the, you know, it's impossible to not see anything about The Last of Us being in this industry. So, like, seeing all the clips and everything else from it, it's like, oh, damn, Pedro Pascal is Joel. Like, that is, yeah, like, I had my reservations about that casting, but it was like, oh, yeah, that's him. And I think he's doing doing it justice. I mean, from the small snippet we got. Yeah, he just. Oh. I can't wait to see more. Like when, that, that's what I want to see. What, 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 what was the line he said in there? You have no idea what loss is. <laughs> is it? All right. Uh, all right. Uh, Chillock, your turn. Oh, no. I, I, I can't wait for more. I, I'm excited for it. This, this guy. Oh, no. I would, say, I would say, give me your best Joel with that line. Oh, no. I need a line read. <clears throat> Amen. You don't know what the loss is. Solid. <laughs> All right. Bella <laughs> Ramsey's reading of, you know, everyone I've ever loved has either died or left me. It was like, it was really evocative of how Ashley did it, but it was Ashley Johnson, Ellie's voice actress. It was really evocative of the way she did it, but it was all her own at the same time. So, I mean, you don't yeah, know. I'm stoked as hell. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see more. I want. I want it. I want that series to just get here. 
Because this this guy yeah. Pedro Pascal, he just killing it in the industry. He's he's at in Narcos. He's been in in Game of Thrones, The Mandalorian. Um, he's done a pretty pretty good job in the industry, moving for, moving uh, from genre to genre. So I, I can't wait to see how he does in this one. And like the last ten years alone, like he's become just a household name. Like everybody knows him. It's great. Knows like him, I, I remember. Him. What's up? Oh, knows him, loves him. Uh, what's not to love? Yeah. Well, I mean, his role in Kingsman too, but that's a whole other thing that I can rant about. So. <laughs> I love. I, I haven't love seen his... that movie yet, so no spoilers. I love his role in in Game of Thrones. He was a badass. Oh yeah, Game of Thrones. He he played that pe- that character per- to perfection. I've never actually watched Game of Thrones because I'm a hipster like that. Uh, but I read all the books several <laughs> times um, in the time that it's taken for us to wait for when it's been since 2014, hasn't it? When when did that blessed book come out? It's been like George. Listen, I know you, you may not be listening to this, but I'm talking to now. I'm talking to George R. R. Martin. If in any case you happen to listen to Patch Knows a podcast by Gaming Access Weekly, please anything, just give us something. The winds of winter, you keep you kept telling us winter is coming. Where is it? We haven't seen it. It's dry. It's bone dry now. I know you live in like Arizona and it's really dry out there, but give us something, George, please. I would I, I would right. tell you to watch this the show until season eight, episode two, and that's where the whole series ends. I read I read all the synopsises, synopses of each episode as it came out to see how they were what they were doing. I know. But anyways, yeah, uh, I am very much, uh, what's up? No, you go. (laughs) I was going to say, I am very much looking forward to the the series overall. Like this, uh, um, yeah, I'm just very interested in this kind of adaptation. And I think also with, because Neil Druckmann is like involved with that. I don't know if he's part of the story team, like the narrative team, or if he's part of the uh, producers or production team. But I know he has a actual like involvement other than just being like noted as creator or whatever. Yeah, which, he good. Uh, he was involved in some of the writing, and then he also directed directed an episode as well. Oh, nice! That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I was actually kind of surprised that we saw something just because of the fact that Outbreak Day. Uh, so the the day in the game at the beginning where you see that. The outbreak hit critical mass was September 26th. I figured we would have seen something, you know, next month about the adaptation. But who knows? Maybe we'll see a bigger clip. Maybe we'll see, you know, a clip with Joel and Tess next month. I would love that. The actress that plays Tess is, like, my favorite actress on television. And it's like, give me, give me more, give me all the content. When is it scheduled to come out? Is it uh, like twenty sometime next year? Yeah, twenty twenty three. It it doesn't have specific date. Doesn't have like a quarter attached to it. No, twenty twenty three. Man, with the uh, the way Warner Bros. Discovery has been treating stuff recently on HBO, I know that the, the this is exempt from that, but it still is makes me shaky. At oh man, when are we going to get this? I hope we. I hope they give it more time to to get everything right. Um, because I I know they're done filming now. They're just in post production now, right? 
Actually, I, I don't know. Yeah, I remember both Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin. The Craig Mazin is the main guy behind the production. He also did Chernobyl, that miniseries on HBO. I know they both tweeted when the series wrapped. So, if nobody's watched it, anybody in the audience, if you haven't watched it, watch Chernobyl. It is one of the best, like, documentary slash drama, drama, pretty. I don't know what that term, like, drama and documentary, drama retelling, dramatic retelling of a document, uh, past events. It's awesome. It's so good. Yes, I've been meaning to I watch it, but have it on the backlog. Also, five episodes. Yeah, you can bang that out in a weekend. Although I would suggest time to decompress between episodes because it is intense. Oh my god! But so there's our new segment for this week. A lot happened, and especially over in Cologne, Germany. But that's our next segment. Soon after this next little musical bit, we will be chatting all the things that we loved about opening night live. Welcome to the big topic segment. I swear one of these days we're going to come up with a better name for it. But this week, opening night live happened. It was great. Although I will say, I don't know about you guys. But it was super weird seeing people in an audience at an event. Oh, dear. So weird. It, My brain couldn't handle it. <laughs> like, I've been to concerts uh, over the, you know, year or so. And, uh, it, like, everybody's still pretty respectful about space and everything. And, you know, of course, everybody had to be uh, vaxxed and everything, get there and get vaccinated, get boosted, um, wear your mask, stay, you know, six feet apart and everything. Uh, it, uh, But, yeah, it was man that it like conventions themselves in this day and age like right now still feel ugh, i don't know it kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit yeah is that anxiety Definitely. that that you we we got to like it, it got so tense so quickly and uh when everything started and everything was just the news was all over the place the people were all over the place the the the, the sickness it everything just right now everything's normalizing ish and and you still it's like a, a sort of ptsd when when I, I still feel it when i see a lot of people near me and it's like okay no 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 no, no i need and you guys i need personal space yeah i uh it's definitely like you said it's it's we got to retrain ourselves to be like is this okay now like i think it's okay but yeah it was a uh, it was weird seeing a uh, in it and I do miss that, like the in-person crowd response to reveals is one of the best feelings about any type of these shows. And it is something that I've missed a lot um, over the past couple of years of like even like the E3 showcases they are never sorry, not E3 so showcases that we've gotten yet, like the game awards that we've gotten. And it's just like silent cheering. And you see Jeff trying to do his best, be like, yeah, that's awesome. But it's like, man, I'm missing that that crowd response there's something so visceral about it that just gets the blood pumping Ugh, can't talk because it's like jeff has already seen that stuff before so the reaction that he gives on stage i mean jeff's great but he's not an actor <laughs> yeah it it kind of reminds me of um like when all of the uh the late night shows went into quarantine as well 
And you have, you know, when you're writing for those, you have jokes interspersed that are supposed to elicit a crowd response. Now, when you're writing a joke that has no response, it's like, uh, what, what? <laughs> like, you, you gotta, it's a completely new thing you gotta try and deal with. And I imagine it's the same type of thing. Because you feed off of it, the energy, everybody's hype, you get hype, everybody get hype. And it's just like the, 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 the combination of everything. Could... Yeah, you could tell that that was a big deal this year because I remember last year's opening night live, you know, was still, you know, just Jeff on a stage and comparing last year's versus this year's. I mean, that crowd made a big difference. And our our boss lady is actually over there right now for the company she works for. I was going to ask her what kind of the crowd atmosphere felt like in person, but I never got there, unfortunately. <laughs> I ran out of time before starting to record, but I have a feeling well, that she would say the same thing, that like the atmosphere in there was just electric. We can add a, a post-mortem on that uh, later on. We'll, we'll append that uh, to like the next episode or something. <laughs> yeah. get, get her for our, her on-the-ground reporting. <laughs> but a lot of cool stuff happened so all of us are just going to go down and say some of the the sweet stuff that really appealed to us you know we're gonna talk about it and i wanted to start off first with something that wasn't a video game the sony dual sense edge controller yeah. this announcement actually really surprised me just because I wasn't expecting anything, you know, Sony first party at this event. I figured they'd have their own thing, you know, half an hour just about this controller by themselves. But it was, bet, this thing's yeah. wicked cool. I bet they end up will have like a state of play focused around more of the peripheral stuff because they've done that in the past. So I can't imagine that they wouldn't. Um... But yeah, it's about time. Um, you know, Xbox has had the Elite controller for the last what four years or something like that, three or four years. So more, I want to say. Um, yeah, and seeing that uh, that already the DualSense is something that's like already feels pretty premium in your hands. So just getting that more, um, I need to get my hands on it. You know, I need to. I gotta feel it in my hands. The Xbox Elite controller first came out in, oh, God, internet, why are you slow? Uh, 2015. What, 2015? It's been that long? Oh, my God. Yep. That was the very first Elite controller. Oh, Destiny's older than that. I, I feel old. It's the same day that Halo 5 Guardians released. I don't like this. <laughs> Yeah, but they did it, and that, that's basically just for teasing. The, everybody, uh, the Sony is just, hey, look at this. We got something coming for you. It's here. Look yeah. at it. Drew yeah, they little. just had that quick little sizzle reel, and they didn't say Nothing. anything well, else about a date or anything. There's more in the blog post uh, that PlayStation put up, but... Yeah, it uh, it all reads like you know, same kind of things we've gotten used to—the swappable joysticks, uh, stuff you know, kind of tension and things on the joysticks as well, the programmable back buttons. 
which are in kind of an odd location, if I'm being real, but that's just because I like the paddles that are on the back of the Elite controller, so there's some bias there. Um, the only thing we need to see next, and this is actually goes for Xbox too, because Xbox has their design lab where you can design just ran your regular Xbox controller and add cool things to it. Um, but you can't do that with the Elite controller. And this is a perfect opportunity for PlayStation to one-up that and add that ability because PlayStation still hasn't done the custom controllers outside of just like, hey, look at these cool colors, which are cool, don't get me wrong, but I, that's what I want to see. And I, maybe that's what they're waiting on. Maybe they're working on something in the background. Maybe, I hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, if I could get one of these in the crimson red, because I have one of the crimson red um, controllers, or dual sense, regular dual sense controllers, like I'd love to get this in that color. I actually hate my white controller that came with the system. <laughs> I want the, the last one. White, the last white controller I have is from my 2014 Sunset Overdrive Edition Xbox One, and I that white controllers always get gross because of the gamer sweat yep <laughs> but i'm gonna go and... even further my my first white controller was for the playstation 4 the destiny bundle edition way back in the day i literally avoided white whenever possible yeah. just because well, i mean gross <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I avoid them at all costs. Now. I wasn't thinking back in the you know back in the day with it, uh, like the 360 controllers. I think I had a white one on that, and it was not white by the time I was uh, done with it because I was not very, uh, I was not kind to those controllers back then. But let's, but anyways, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll elaborate on that later. <laughs> I used to rage quit. All right. And then I guess kind of next thing I wanted to say that I just jumped out of my chair screaming and excitement about was the expanse. Oh, I wish our pal Robin oh, yeah. was here. Um, but oh, I'm Telltale. A... Oh, yeah, I know there could have been, you know, multiple like. Oh, three <laughs> I'm so freaking excited for this one. Um, I'm a big fan of Telltale. I'm a bigger fan of Deck Nine games. And the fact that this game is focusing on Kamina Drummer. Ah! So excited. And that'll be out this next summer. I'm, I'm and let very, me tell you something. Because like, machine. Right. I uh over the past like but I had to unfortunately cancel Prime a little while back, but I got through like three and a half seasons of The Expanse um, before I had to do that. And yeah, that's a uh, God, that show's so good. So here's your re reminder go watch The Expanse and then play the video game because it, it they are both stellar. Or I mean, I don't know about the video game, but I know the show is stellar. Yeah, the, the video game's going to be stellar. I wrote a whole thing about it for Gaming Access Weekly, which I will link in the show notes. So about how Deck Nine is the best choice for this game. And so I hope you will all enjoy that. We're talking about where you can get all your gaming news and uh, other events going on at uh, GamingAccessWeekly.com. Woo! All right, we'll, we'll plug that a little more at the end. And then the, I guess, 
if I'm going to pick out three things that I super duper really loved, I'm actually going to pick four because I just remembered something else. Hogwarts Legacy, as somebody who was 11 when the first Harry Potter book came out, they've always had kind of a special place for me. I've been struggling recently with trying to disavow, you know, creator from their product, but I feel like WB Avalanche is doing their best to be like, this is ours. And we hope you love it. And I I feel like a lot of soul is going into this game from them. It has so much of the, what makes like, the that Harry, the Harry Potter verse or whatever universe it has the look and it has I mean from what I from looking at the trailer the feel of it but yeah there's just such an albatross around it and it's it's this hard it it's really sucks you know because the developers you can tell love the property and love the product that they're making but yeah like you said it's um it just sucks having it be tied to somebody like that like. Like the creator just not being able just JK, stop talking. Just stop. Right. Retire with all of your money and stop being on social media. Okay. So now that we've addressed that elephant in the room, please, if you enjoyed that trailer, go show WB Avalanche some love on Twitter. I'm sure they could use it. I this last game came out of nowhere for me. Uh it was called Friends versus Friends. Yeah, that one looks fun. It was this neon, like just dripping neon, uh, first person shooter, but there was this deck building mechanic to it. And normally I don't dig deck building stuff in games, but this one just looks so bizarre and so colorful and so fun. And it's being published by Raw Fury. And I was like, immediately, I was like, take my money. Yeah, I I saw uh, that uh, the first thing seen. I was like, "What, what is what in the neon white is this?" Right. Like, it, but the deck building aspect was it, it was the first like part of the trailer was like, "I don't even know what this is," and then, but then they started showing the gameplay element of it. You're like, "Yeah, it's first person deck building," but then you have a gun and or I guess the deck helps you build your loadout or something. It's it it looks wild. It looks I mean, charming as all hell. Like that, uh, that animation style is awesome. Yeah, I fell in love right away. It was just like, damn, this is sweet. That's where and what that's where friends go to die. The friendships, because everybody was just killing each other. Well, I mean, in a game called Friends versus Friends. I mean, hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was my kind of picks of the show. I mean. I have about 14 more, but I kind of ranked those guys up top. But uh, Chulock or Nick, I don't know who wants to go next. I can go. I know that the that, uh, ones that, as, as, as Destiny aside, because we already went through that, um, Lies of P, the, the Pinocchio, Pinocchio um, inspired um, game was pretty surprising because it was nothing like I was expecting. And I think Goat Simulator and what was the other one? Um, Moving Day. Moving Day 2. 
those just look chaotic and just messy and just filled with fun and and I would love to play those too. I was hoping somebody was going to say Lies of P because that was one of the ones I was debating about saying myself. Uh, this game's been around for a little while in trailer form and today's trailer was the best I'd ever seen it. And I love stories that are like this, that take something that we already know and like flip it around in such a, you know, such a vastly different environment. Like, you know, Pinocchio in a kind of grisly steampunk world. It's like, you don't think that'll work, but after watching this trailer, you sure as hell think it works. Yeah, it was very unexpected and, and surprisingly in a good way. I've, uh, yeah, I've had my eye on that one, like kind of a cursory glance since they first showed it. I think it was at the Game Awards or something, it, or maybe like a state of play. It, it was something earlier in the year um, or maybe even last year. But yeah, this, uh, it, it looks so interesting. It's like the whole layout. It, it reminds me a lot of Bloodborne. Um, without maybe i don't even know maybe it does have the cosmic horror cthulhu elements that bloodborne had in it so but yeah it looks so cool i'm a i'm very this is definitely one that's like on my watches in fact it was on my list to talk about too so you know <laughs> um, i picked up or i picked up i looked at its description on steam and it does describe it as an action souls like game Oh yeah, it's very, very much. I mean, when they were showing gameplay today, it was like that. It has the hallmarks. It has the health bar, the stamina bar. I mean, every all, the UI almost looks like lifted from a Souls, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, with the items selections on the item and weapon selections on the left side of the screen, and it's um, it is very much limited up to the Souls like. And uh, I, I just can't wait to see more of it. Honestly, it looks so weird. Well, speaking of Soul games, I thought we were about to get a reveal of a new one, but apparently not. It, it was the one that made me think of you, and it was The Lord of the Fallen. Okay, listen, do we have some time? Can I talk about this? Yes. Hey, you're good. Okay, so history lesson a little bit. Lords of the Fallen was the original Souls-like. As far as my knowledge, um, it... It was originally slated to come out, I believe, in like 2013 or something like that. Maybe a little bit later. But uh, it came out dark fantasy setting. And it had some good things in it. Um, it was the first one to introduce a charge-up mechanic for a heavy attack, which now all the Souls games have adopted. Um, but the issue was there was something wrong with it. There was some things that were a little off. Um, like. I've always felt like I ended up uh, kind of writing a ranting, uh, scathing thing on it uh, back in the day um, because there was like iframes, uh, like invincibility frames you get when you do a dodge roll. Those seemed hit or miss. Like they just didn't exist or like they, I couldn't figure them out. Um, enemies had attacks that were purely randomized that could kill you um, just out of the blue, which... A hallmark of Souls games is that it's tough but fair. It's like a it's like how you approach a fighting game where 
If you play a fighting game where a character has a one-hit kill move, you're not going to play against them, and nobody's going to play against you if you pick that that character, because it's just unfair. And there are uh, ultimately so many parts of the original Lords of the Fallen that were unfair. Now, stemming off of that, the developers of Lords of the Fallen actually went on to make another Souls-like series called The Surge. And they've released two games in that, The Surge and The Surge 2. So this is actually, if I recall, this is from a different developer altogether. And it's just being called The Lords of the Fallen, which, come on, that hasn't, you know, naming conventions, that hasn't ever caused confusion in the past, like a Wii or a Wii U or, you know, Super Mario Bros. or new Super Mario Bros. What is with these Nintendo-level naming co- Stop it. Don't put the in front of it. Okay, new Tales from the Borderlands. Um, anyways, so seeing this pop up, one, I say, why? From who? But, again... Like everything in life, I approach it with a sense of cautious optimism because there were small things I enjoyed of the original Lords of the Fallen, but ultimately it's just not a great game. Not I wouldn't even say maybe a good game. It, it was a mediocre middling game. Um, but it's again, that's not the same developers anymore. So what is this gonna be? Like we only saw a CG trailer for it, so maybe that's all it is. I, I don't know. But I mean I'll wait for the next, you know, the next trailer to see, but I ultimately, I don't have high hopes for this. It's, um, I don't know what it's going to be, but based on its history, it's probably not good. It's been bounced around from developers. I'm pretty sure for the last, like, God, what, six or seven years, maybe. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. And end lesson class. Okay. Go to lunch or whatever. I scared him. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm still here. Just no, I'm muted for a second <laughs> because I had to sneeze. It's just um <laughs> a lot to take in. It's it's just ridiculous. It's the 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 thing is that the funny part that I found about that trailer was um regarding the the situation where you are a badass knight. You're killing it. You're facing off this uh demon goro. And then you're about to kick his ass. Everything's going good. And and then you get stabbed and killed him. It's like, why, why, why would you be so cruel? It's yeah. The so yeah. I actually just I I found the uh, the game in my collection behind me. Yeah, 2014 is when it came out. So it's been eight years for this announcement to happen. I feel like they announced that there was going to be a Lords of the Fallen sequel a lot, like... A long time ago. Like, uh, I remember hearing rumblings about it, and then it was... And I remember hearing also the rumblings of them changing developers on it, because... um, Oh, who was it? Deck 13? Yeah, Deck 13 were the original uh, devs. And then... It's I don't know who's developing the new one, but Deck Thirteen went on to do the the Surge game, so it's uh yeah. Holy crap! Like it looks well, like CI Games is taking on development duties for. Yeah, reading that uh the wiki article, <laughs> it was announced in December twenty fourteen. The Jesus. same year that it was re- the original was released. Well, hey, at least the publisher and the developer, or the, at least they stuck with that promise. Um, 
That's just thing. If if you if you don't have plans of getting game out for the next one or two years, it, it's it's crazy that you you start announcing them and it's like Metroid. Um, they they keep pushing it, pushing it, and and they have some issues for this and that or and um, and how long have been have been have they been planning for for Metroid Prime Four? Um. It's kind of like, I want more, I want it now, but no, 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 it's in development. When is it coming out? We don't know, maybe in a few years. No, no, a few years come back. No, no, we'll we'll hold it back. It's a little bit more. Kind of crazy. Oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to amend our statement from beforehand. Uh, it was CI Games that took charge of the game, but in April 2020, they announced that... Their subsidiary Defiant had been replaced with Hexworks, which was just created in 2020 to work on the Lords of the Fallen. Oh my God! So, Jeez, yeah, that's a. This is going to be a no clip documentary. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of games with troubled development, uh, I want to talk about Dead Island Two. Oh my God! Because this was a uh, Jeff Keighley's one more thing, um, and. First off, it was hilarious that we got Goat Simulator 3 uh, spoofing the original Dead Island 2 trailer from, like, what, six years ago? And now we actually have a concrete release date for next year. Um, someone pointed out that Dead Island 2 setting is in Los Angeles and it's not even an island. Yep. <laughs> um, I mean, I suppose they can go to Alcatraz. I mean, yeah. that's a possibility, maybe. Well, that's, a, that's like an eight-hour drive, isn't it? Like, how far away is San Francisco from LA? Yeah, San Francisco. I'm in North Dakota. You know. Okay, this is what happened. It's in it's in LA. What happened was there was a big earthquake, and it just separated that chunk of uh, uh, of land and made it into a into uh, a new island. There you go. I think that's the plot of one of the Ace Combat games. I'm not even gonna lie. But uh, anyway, so yeah, Dead Island 2, I actually had this pre-ordered back in the day because I loved the first Dead Island. The de first Dead Island actually caused me to rack up several fees from Redbox <laughs> back in the day so, until I ended up just uh, buying the game. So um, it, it's wild because like Dead Island was really fun. That was originally made by, um, oh my God, what's their name? Um, they, the guys that went on to make Dying Light. Um, Techland. Yeah, Techland. So it was in Dead Island, the original one's really nothing more than just a sandbox for uh for them for their new for their Techland like engine and their technology. And it was, you know, crafting crazy weapons. Like it, it was kind of like uh Dead Rising, but in first person. So you you know, making an electrified bat with saw blades on it and doing all this kind of stuff, and then uh they moved off of uh, the dead, the sequel and went, all, went on to make the spiritual sequel, Dying Light. So I don't know what Dead Island 2 is going to be exactly. Like, I, I mean, I expect the same thing, the kind of four-player drop-in, drop-out co-op, uh, going around a map, smashing zombies' heads in stuff that the first one was. But even that first one had a, like a lovable amount of jank to it, uh, like a lot of games did in the 2009-2010 era. So, 
I just, it's weird seeing it back from the dead. Oh, zombie pawns. (laughs) And I, I just, I don't know. Like we'll, we'll see. And yeah, but it's a very complicated history with this game of being who's developing it. Like it's this studio. No, it's this studio. No, it's this studio. It's wild. Like their, their whole timeline. And I'm really rooting for them to really put something out. That's good because I can't imagine being that having this project thrust upon you with the amount of weight that it carries. Yeah, it started off with Jaeger development. They were originally hired to develop Dead Island 2 in 2012, but in 2015, they were replaced by Sumo Digital, and then Sumo Digital got removed, and then Damn Buster Studios, an internal studio of Deep Silver, became the developers in 2019. So that that sounds like something that happens uh, while developing a DC movie. And and that's turned out well. Shots fired. (laughs) I'm reading about Dam Buster Studios, and that studio was set up to take development of Homefront the Revolution from Crytek UK. So they're the cleanup crew, or they're they're the fixers, I should say, not cleanup crew, but the fixers. Um, I and the mm. employees from Crytek UK was closed that same day, and all the employees went to Dambuster Studios. Oh, wait, there's more. Well, at least they, they at least wow. they, they that's complicated. They, at least they put them all there. But yeah, you wonder at some point that Deep Silver just had like a dartboard with different companies on it, just saying like. Well, who's going to take it over now and just fucking this one, whatever. Yeah. No, they had one of those boards where, you know, you use the yarn to make connections and then they just wanted to make the prettiest looking shape on the board. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's wild. I, I'm, 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 uh, again, I'm excited for it. And the trailer was really good actually. And kind of captures the spirit of it. It, um, more so even than the original Dying Light or Dead Island trailer did. Do you remember that original Dead Island trailer with the like the dead kid? That was no. another thing. I hated that trailer in the end because I was forced to watch it like 176 times. It was yeah. just wretched. <laughs> it was great for the first viewing and I really loved it. But when it got to like number seven, I was like, all right, can we be done? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I just remember from like, you know, I'm not too big of a like a zombie buff and when it comes to other media, like games and stuff, I'm fine with. But otherwise, I don't really care. And I just remember having friends that were those big buffs that were like, oh, cool, finally get kid zombies in a game. They haven't ever done that before. No, no. And you're like, that's, no, that's, we didn't. No, we that's didn't. no, I don't like that. See, uh, been, Dead I, Island 2 looks to have six different players you can choose from to that's yeah that's a that's about in line because the original dead island had four and then they added a dlc character i want to say who had like his own campaign or maybe that was in riptide but uh yeah they were they all had i mean it was it was borderlands but zombies that's what it was in melee instead of and you could craft your own weapons that's kind of what dead island's entire shtick was so aside of that island, can we take a moment to recognize High on Life? 
<laughs> talking guns. Uh, that, did you? Did, did, I, I can hear Morty just speaking there because that that's that has to be Morty's uh, uh, voice. Uh, voice. Oh yeah, no, it's, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Squanch Games is Justin Rowland's gaming company. Uh, they did Counting Plus, and then uh, I can't remember what else they've done, but well, yeah, there was the Rick and Morty VR game too. Yeah, right? that's what it was. Come on, they um, they need like another yeah, gun that's... that goes burp and 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 does the Rick. Oh, guaranteed that it, it does. Um, he uh. This uh, this isn't the first time we've seen the game. Like we saw it, I think it was at Xbox's showcase earlier in the year. Yep, yep. And I honestly think that it showed better at that conference because this trailer went on way too long. But it did look good. It it looked fun. Oh yeah, it looks fun, and I'm excited on playing it. But it just kind of maybe slightly diminished it because I'm just like, okay, come on, let's move on. <laughs> um. Like that fight that they had was like, this is kind of unnecessary. Like, you just need to show us gameplay clips. Like, you don't have to kind of rehash it. But, eh. yeah, I thought the I thought the talking guns were cool because not only did the gun give you like, oh man, that person's shooting you from behind, but you know what? It also offered you encouragement, which <laughs> I like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that reminds me of. Have either of y'all played Enter the Gungeon? No. I have not. So, Enter the Gungeon, there's, like, basically weapons in there. Uh, there are references to everything. Um, you actually can get this one gun that has infinite ammo and levels up as long as you don't get hit. And uh, as, like, when you first start out, it kind of chastises you. It's like, whatever, I could shoot better. And then uh, as you level up, it's like, that's okay, I guess. And then by the end of it, like the level of leveling up, it's like, hell yeah, we rock. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all in text-based. Like there's no vocal vocalization to it, but kind of reminded me of that. Oh, that sounds fun. The name of that gun is Gunther. Get it? Because it's a gun. Oh my God. <laughs> I like that. <sighs> oh but yeah, I'm a, I'm excited to see that one. Um, is there any other? I mean, I I kind of I don't I don't I feel like I stole your uh, your your thunder about talking with some games, uh, Chulak. But oh no no um, you're good. I kind of covered everything. I covered everything that I had on on my stuff. So what uh what do y'all feel like overall about it about uh, opening night live this time around? It was a lot. It was a lot to take. Uh, there was a lot. It, it was, at, at one point it felt like rapid fire games. Just like a few shorts, a few longer ones, but a lot of shorts. It it it, it was pretty pretty much a lot. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I feel like it didn't have the weird shit that Summer Game Fest had. I'm looking at you, weird commercial with the Rock. <laughs> um, but he's in the and, Iron Gym or whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, that, um, that killed that show's momentum for me, that weird segment. I was like, no, no, thank you. Yeah, luckily, the, I think the only ad breaks we really got were, like, the two Red Bull commercials. Um, and then there there were some downtimes. Like, I think the pacing, he's, I think the, they're still figuring out the pacing of these shows. And ultimately, I think this one was also, I've said ultimately too many times this episode. So, you know, let's make a note just to eliminate ultimately from my vocabulary. Ultimately. Um, All right. I'm still using filler words and I hate it. (laughs) 
hey, it helps you think. The uh, what's it called? Um, oh crap! I think the length was too long, and for me, the perfect amount of length is. I even going too long is ninety minutes. Like that should be kind of the goal to hit and be right at mark for it, because there were some there was some lulls with some stuff that was just like okay or like, um, ver the what was it the verses or the the something which was like all the five second trailer. We got a mashup trailer for a development studio. Full and, Infinite, yeah. Yeah, for Full Infinite, which I remember being announced, but also it just kind of any of those mashups kind of speed by. And you're like, wait, what was that? I, what? And it, it leaves you wanting more information. So, uh, I, I would steer clear ooh. of those because honestly, what's? I mean, I understand they want to tease it, but in the big picture, what would be the point of just wrap it and just like hitting you real quick and just go? Right. It's like they're advertising their portfolio, but the like games this opening night live is for consumers. It's not for I mean, I guess you bet oh cool, that's that, and that's that developer. But you know, say like when PlayStation or Microsoft does it and they're advertising Game Pass or uh, or the ID at Xbox program or like how PlayStation advertises their uh, the PlayStation Plus or Nintendo advertises the the Nindies or their third party uh, partners they'll show a, a sizzle reel and but it comes with the that tag of hey these are all things that are on here so you know what to search for it's like oh yeah i'm going to look up the id at xbox mm -hmm. program and i'm going to see all the, the games yeah. in it. what am i searching for for this the company yeah maybe maybe uh, a best be... grouping for for yeah. a little bit you'd have to search for level infinite mm -hmm. yeah and um Overall, the show, I think it meandered a little bit. It's getting better, but also Opening Night Live kind of exists in this weird spot where we already had Summer Game Fest and all the showcases. So what would they even show here that we haven't already seen if it's not these smaller things? And credit to Jeff also for bringing up a lot of European devs, which uh, the show heavily focused on. So, which is why we didn't see a lot of, you know, the more American-based things. But um, it just, it kind of felt like either, okay, we've already seen this, or this isn't, the, like, nothing in here was huge. Like, the one more thing was Dead Island 2, and that's not a, a massive story or anything, because we already, it already got leaked. And if it didn't get leaked, maybe it would have been bigger, but we already knew that it was, like, we never had a formal cancellation notice about that, so... I mean, it could get better. Uh, the thing that I really liked is the variety regarding the the genres. There's a little bit of everything for everyone over here, and and I enjoy that right. because you got from the most chaotic and most silly like Goat Simulator and and moving out too, which just it's just a mess, but it looks so fun. To a little bit more. More serious or more low key. yeah. I should have mentioned that the Callisto Protocol continues to look amazing. I can't wait for that to come out. Uh, it didn't need to be at this show uh, because we already saw it at Summer Game Fest and saw the gameplay uh, demo and everything. But you know, I'm still very excited for it. So not Dead Space, real Dead Space, whatever. Man, that oh, 
That game just continues to terrify me, and I can't wait to play it. I feel like Glenn is just like, I'm going to go traveling, so I'm going to go to Gamescom, and I'm going to bring a new trailer. And yeah, when uh, both the uh, uh, Randy Pitchford and Glenn being at the show, Glenn Schofield being at the show, I'm like, you guys just went to Germany to write this off for expenses, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> or it's like it's been two years. Yeah, I gotta get out of here. Go, I can finally go on a company uh, trip. Finally, uh, to a, a place where I haven't been in a long time. Thank you. I uh, just remembered, and I don't know why, just remember because I mentioned it earlier, but yeah, new Tales from the Borderlands, I am very trepidatious with because the first, the the original Tales from the Borderlands is one of, if not the best Tales, Telltale games, like the original Telltale games. It is so funny. It's all in the air. It's all in the like world. I know they have some of the original writers back, but you're going to have to do a lot to impress me with that because the first one is just so stellar and strong from start to finish. Even when they, they, they killed Scooter. <sighs> yeah, it's uh, but th- th- that most that moment was so emotional, and so punching, and so good, and it. The thing I love the most about Tales from the Borderlands is it drew from all of the known lore. It yep. drew from everything, like it. It drew from the pre-sequel, which a lot of people had counted off, but it was like, no, it. It straight up. There's characters in there that you know from the pre-sequel. Oh man, I'm I'm scared. I'm excited but scared about that the, this one cuz I don't think the last two releases from Gearbox for gaming have been great. Uh Borderlands 3 was okay. It was more Borderlands. Um it was decent, but it wasn't the same kind of quality we saw from previously. And even more so with Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, it might be the most meh game that i've played in the last couple years like it's fine it's ultimately a very polished and nice looking game and but it's just more borderlands it's with the same fantasy filter we got over a decade ago like it's okay but yeah i'm 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 scared that that kind of thing mentality is going to take on the same thing with uh tales from the border or new tales from the borderlands since that's being developed directly by gearbox now yeah i'm excited that some of the writers are returning that's for sure um also i love tiny tina's wonderlands give me more borderlands any day it doesn't you know what if it's not broken don't try to fix it (laughs) i think my issues with it i mean this is a whole nother podcast but we can't use that title we already used it yes but yeah i um I just may not be in the mood for it, and I'm also just used to like main characters actually being main characters and not just stand-ins for player characters. So, sure, sure, I get that. But anyways, and I forgot about it too. But there was a game that they had towards the end. It was kind of this high fantasy, good and evil, one with a witch thing. But it was called Blacktail. Yep, that, Black that was the one yeah. with the witches that you can choose if you're a yeah. bat witch or a good witch. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Why did I not say this? Because of my penchant for games with female protagonists wielding bows and arrows. But that game looked baller as heck. And I think that too was one of the, the European studios that Jeff Keighley specifically called out. 
And by the end of that one, too, I was like, please take my money. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like a game about witchcraft and Baba Yaga. And I know that was the expansion that I was really into for Rise of the Tomb Raider was the Baba Yaga uh, playthrough. It's the day that I found out that there's a Baba Yaga expansion for that. <laughs> it's a, it's a really good one, but <laughs> my backlog is eternal and never will shrink. Yeah, it I only feel, grows. I feel that. <sighs> so yeah, I guess if I had to give the show a letter grade, um, it would probably be a B plus, A minus somewhere in there. Uh, I'll agree with a B. I'm a little bit more negative than y'all. I'm giving it a solid C. It it wasn't the best that we've seen. There wasn't anything tremendously outstanding. There there were no giant banger moments or anything. Um, It was solid. It's not a bad show, like at all. But I mean, I could go, I guess I could be coasted to like a C plus because it was a a good show, but just there was nothing to stand to make it a great show. So uh, if you would give it a different grade, uh, let us know in the comments and why. And uh, maybe we will read a few next time. So that was a lot of fun. So much greatness came out of opening Night Live this year. And I'm sure that we could absolutely keep talking about it. But we've got to wrap it up at some point. After the break here, we are going to recap everything that we talked about today and close it on out. All right, guys, thank you for joining us today. We had so much fun just rambling about Gamescom and remembering all that excitement, as well as diving into the details of Bungie's Lightfall reveal and just plain reveling in the fact that we have finally seen content from The Last of Us TV show. So to end it, we're going to go through and I'm Amanda. You can find me at the Starbuck 86X on various platforms. And I'm going to let my co-hosts tell you where they can find themselves. Nick, where can we find you? You can find me at Anthrometal on all the platforms on uh, TikTok, Twitch, Twitter. Give me a follow on Twitter. I'm almost at 500 followers. I'm trying to break that one and uh, keep it going up from there. And then, uh, yeah, just uh, follow me everywhere. And, and Chulak? You can find me on Twitch, on uh, Chulak, coming coming back to streaming soon. Chulak underscore on Twitter and KMV for gaming on Instagram. All right. And show notes will, of course, be posted at GamingAccessWeekly.com. And you'll be able to find a link on our socials, uh, which are at... G-A-W underscore patch notes and at gaming or at G-A weekly on Twitter. Uh, Look out for our next episode in September, which will be recording after the Disney and Marvel Games Showcase at D23. On behalf of my hosts, I'd like to wish everybody a good night, good morning, good time zone and stay awesome out there. Bye, everyone. Have a good week. Adios.